welcome aboard the battleship pretension i am tyler smith i'm david Bax. and thank you for listening david yes how you doing uh um, well, this um, episode I, is brought said, to you by Mubi, a curated <laughs> no, online no, cinema. No. Okay. I've said it before, and I'll say it again okay. about different things. I'm on tenterhooks. Oh. And I'll tell you why. Okay. Because I finally ordered the sound absorbent panels and the rug that's to keep my voice from bouncing off the walls uh when we do this podcast was again something that only bothers you and me apparently no one has ever mentioned that the sound quality changed when you moved but it drives me crazy it bothers us enough though like it yeah. really does get to me and now you also bought a rug right yeah. have you purchased that rug yeah oh boy everything's uh en route oh man i can't um, wait but yeah so uh, i should have it by the next episode oh Listeners, let us know if you notice any difference at all. Oh, we'll, we'll call your attention to it. Absolutely. Sure. Um, okay, let's pay some bills. This episode is brought to you by Mubi, a curated online cinema that brings its members a hand-picked selection of the best independent, international, and classic films. Every day, Mubi's curators introduce a new title, and you have 30 days to watch it. That means there's always 30 wonderful films to enjoy, all for only $8.99 a month. Plus, when you, when you use their mobile apps, you can download films to watch offline. Right now, Mubi is doing a series called Acting Like a Child, featuring movies with tremendous performances by children currently available are carol reads the fallen idol which uh, who's that oh uh, i just saw that yes that just at the egyptian yeah right how was it? it did you like it more than the first time yeah i really liked it okay so listeners watch it twice there you go um and it stars <laughs> that's a dumb thing i just said i'm sorry <laughs> starring you only Bob- need one account one movie account to watch it twice hey no 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 <laughs> No, you need several. <laughs> what are you doing, man? Come on. All right. All right. Uh, st- so it stars uh, Bobby Henry as a boy who suspects his beloved butler of murder, which actually, when I read that, I, I had no idea what it was about, and it sounds delightful. Uh, also available right now is uh, Rene, is it Clement? Yeah. Okay. I want to be, like, super French about it. Rene Clement's Forbidden Games. About two young children who choose to... I I love Forbidden Games. I saw it many years ago, and I think it's great. It's about uh, two young children who uh, choose to combat a climate of fear with imagination, but it is also at times deeply disturbing it's not quite as whimsical as it would make as that would make it sound uh so these are just two of the great films currently available on mubi and there is also a special offer for listeners of battleship pretension you can try mubi uh, free for a month just go to mubi.com that's m-u-b-i.com slash battleship to redeem now or click on the ad at battleship and i want to tell you about tweakedaudio.com that's where you go for professional quality earbuds in a variety of stylish styles and colorful colors they look great and they sound great tyler and i both use them each and every day of our lives um you know what i was listening you know i was listening to this week what's that more judas priest oh okay all right (laughs) Uh, i've been on kind of a kick lately because they put out a new album which is surprisingly good for a legacy act new album you know uh 30 years after their you know heyday um and so i've been listening to the new judas priest and listening to a lot of old judas priest i was Uh, listening to the score from columbus as i was walking around the ucla campus one last time and it was very it was very very melancholy yet beautiful the score from 1492 yes um anyway uh, so yeah, tweakedaudio.com. They're great for listening to all sorts of bullshit, obviously. Um, and they're available at a low, low price over at tweakedaudio.com. These earbuds are. Uh, but if you use the offer code pretension at checkout, you get one third off that low, low price and no shipping charges. So go to tweakedaudio.com, pick out your earbuds, 
be real careful. Get all the ones you want, friends and family Christmases, right around the corner. Mm-hmm. And then when you get done, don't be hasty. Make sure to put in the offer code pretension. <sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center. Thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Tyler? Yes. Let's get into it, shall we? Absolutely. This episode is brought to you by Mubi, a curator. Um, We have guests... Um, who uh, you've already heard at least one of them talk. Uh, really? Oh, yeah. <laughs> right. Man. Um, I can tell Tyler's on autopilot this episode. Sorry, it just completely <laughs> fades out of my mind. Yeah. Um, they, and we have so much to talk about. Yeah. Um, Movie-wise and, other, and otherwise. But uh, we've got uh, Battleship Retention Editor-at-Large, Scott Nye. Howdy. And... In order of importance, she's a film data coordinator at Variety Insight and the wife of Scott and I. What? Julie Sesnovich. Hello. Wife. Wife. <laughs> well, this is uh, this is this is a banner day. Yeah. For Fellowship retention or a couple Saturdays ago was. Yes. Yeah. Yes, it was. Um, Congratulations. Thank you. It was yeah. a really fun wedding. Yes. I wrote. I wrote. Do not congratulate. Um, <laughs> uh, topical joke. Topical joke. Very topical. Tyler's trying not to pay attention right. to politics, so he okay. probably oh, doesn't know the do I not got congratulate joke. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, no. Uh, yeah. We all got to have fun at uh, at your wedding. Um, you probably guys probably had more fun, but uh, I had quite a bit of fun. It's not yeah. a contest. It's hard to beat. Um, this one is it, okay. It, yeah. It, it was. A, it was a terrific time. Um, thank you for inviting us. Of course. No. Thanks for Wouldn't coming. Have it any other way. So many battleship retention luminaries. That's right. Yeah. But yeah, it was it was us, and then who else? Ian was there. Ian, Josh, Kyle. 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 Yeah, that's about it. <laughs> Jake. Yeah, Jake's been on the show. He's yeah. been on the that's show. Right. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Know, he, he <laughs> Maybe not a luminary. Graduated but. to luminary yeah. status. Yeah. Um, anyway, yeah. Thanks for inviting us to the wedding. The listeners are i'm sure so sad they missed out there was so much dancing it was a very intimate Um, affair so don't feel too bad it was Uh, like uncomfortably so yeah (laughs) like you you guys really kissed too long yeah up there (laughs) perfect there was some grabbing yeah (laughs) Uh, (laughs) there were also your wedding happened right after i had like made uh your wedding weekend after i'd like made a decision to try to cut back on uh sugar that didn't work out that oh, well. Yeah. Because oh, yeah. Because we, we warned you well dinner. in advance <laughs> yeah. that yeah. her sister, who is a professional bakery baker, yeah. baker pastry chef, pastry is the chef, term. yes, uh, would be making the desserts. Yeah. So you, you picked warned. the wrong weekend. You were yeah, yeah, but I, I've delicious. done well since then. Okay, that's I did, good. I definitely yeah. fell off the wagon that weekend with the cookies at your rehearsal dinner, and also yes, the delicious treats. Uh, was it? There was uh, one that was like a Twix brownie, right? Oh, oh yeah. God. Oh boy. Oh god. Boy, oh boy. <laughs> uh, if you could uh, email, it's just and Duncan say, Hines mix. Oh, is it really? It's Duncan Hines mix. You layer in some Twix and then you drizzle caramel on. She did make the caramel homemade, but oh wow, 
That yeah. sounds like a lot of work. It's just sugar, turns out. You just like put sugar on the stove and it turns into caramel. It's so funny talking yeah. to her about it because she's like exasperated when I don't understand how baking works. Like I asked, she's like, okay, so buy like semi-sweet chocolate morsels. I'm like, are chocolate chips okay? She's like, ugh. I mean, I guess. She was just very exasperated. But. <laughs> now, what I know about making caramel, and all I know is just from watching Chopped, right. is that, yeah, you put it on the stove and then you go do other things and you forget about it and it burns and you yeah. have to start it over. That's what happens on chop yeah. every time someone makes I don't caramel. think that happens to her. <laughs> uh, well, she's not on a 30-minute uh, time limit. True. True. All caramel right. takes about five hours to make, I assume. <laughs> right? Sure. Okay. I, don't, I wasn't there. Um, okay. So, uh, we're not just here to talk about your wedding. We're here to talk about movie weddings Whoa. or wedding movies. Hi. Right? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I wasn't Tyler's asking for signing out for the first time. That's, yeah. That is what we were talking about. Tra- I was trying to think of like, okay, so wait. I'm trying to think what the difference is. And it's like wedding movies, like, you mean like like the videography from me and, <laughs> me and Jen's wedding? Like, I do have it I guess on the shelf I mean here. I guess what I mean is like there's, there are movies that have like, like uh, a brief you know, scene in a wedding. Someone married. Yeah. Okay, the, yes, you know, like Rachel. Um, I think that would be more of a wedding, wedding movie. movie. <laughs> uh, in which the movie is about the wedding or centers okay. around the wedding. Okay, you're making um, sense. Yeah, what are some movies that have weddings in them? Oh, we got a whole, I mean, we got a whole You list. wouldn't consider a wedding movie. Oh, I mean, it depends how long the scene is, because I feel like there are, like, short scenes in so many of them, you know? Beetlejuice, yeah. kind of. Okay. Right? If you say so. I feel I like mean, one of the Lord uh, of the Rings, there's some sort of... Uh, there will be blood, there's a brief wedding. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Uh, let's see, uh, right. Princess Bride, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, oh yeah, 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 that's a good one. All right, uh, we were, we, we did it, we hit three, I guess. <laughs> um, uh, now, did you guys watch a bunch of these in the lead up to no. your wedding? No. No? You get enough trouble planning the wedding that yeah. you don't need the intimidation of seeing a much more perfect wedding yeah. Yeah. on screen. You didn't have a $100 million budget right. no. to work I mean, we did with. incidentally watch the Philadelphia story fairly close to the wedding, I would say. That was only a couple months. It was whenever Criterion put it out. Yeah. Um, which is a good place to start because I think we've seen all seen it quite recently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. I haven't seen it in a long time, but yeah. I thought you said you just watched it for some reason. No, I was going to watch it on Valentine's Day. Uh, it came down to um, that or When Harry Met Sally. We went with When mm-hmm. Harry Met Sally. Yeah, no, I know Tyler had seen it recently. Mm-hmm. I thought David had mentioned it too. Yeah, no, I think we talked about I think I told you that I had almost watched it. Okay. <laughs> uh, well, at any rate, uh, The Philadelphia Story is a very good wedding movie. Mm-hmm. It's perfect. Um, it's like a perfect movie. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. It's, you know, you have Catherine Hepburn, Cary Grant, and Jimmy Stewart, kind of at the height of their powers, arguably, all three of them. Jimmy Stewart won his only Oscar for it. Um, and it's like a legitimate love triangle, which I appreciate. Like, there's so mm. many movies where one member in the love triangle is just a plot device. And yeah. I get frustrated. I'm like, why are you wasting my time with this person? They're not an actual, like, member of the love triangle. Like, I This feel like is what I call the David Schwimmer in Six Days, Seven Nights character <laughs> who only exists, okay. to, only exists to make the viable option right. look more viable. Yeah, and it's just so... Fr- like, I feel like The Notebook does that. Like, James Marsden, it's just like... In a, an inconvenience almost. But like, I feel like in the Philadelphia story, they are both very viable options. The first time I saw it, I didn't know where it was going. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll suggest this. If the groom to be were played by a more prominent actor, I think it would have been a quadrangle. Cause he's not that bad of a guy. Yeah. At first, 
he's revealed to be not even that much of a cad, but just very, you know, has a very specific idea of what, of who his wife should be and that kind of thing. But that's not revealed until later. Yeah, like, for sure. Mm-hmm. So if he were played by somebody of the status of Cary Grant or Jimmy Stewart, I think we could see the like, oh no, she actually does want to be with him. And these two other guys are messing things up. But because he's played by someone who's lesser, I yeah. feel like, no, who, who not as, him? I don't recall uh, his name. Um, but, uh, but yeah, and I think it's a perfectly fine performance, but I do feel like, oh, I, I almost feel like it's a missed opportunity to like complicate things even more. But you have to figure like just the dramatic arc of the story. You can't figure she's going to go through with the wedding as it's planned. I guess not. I mean, although actually I kind of like the idea that she that she would like if it were a good guy. And it's just like her ex-husband's an asshole <laughs> who just wants to mess things up. And then this uh, this interloper, this reporter. Right. guy. I, I like the idea of uh, just this madcap t- uh, kind of thing. By the way, don't worry. According to my Twitter account, in which I recently put out a this or that between the Philadelphia story and bringing a baby, Philadelphia story uh, did win. Well, bringing a baby is a better movie. So. Whoa. Hot take. Hot take. Uh, I don't know. They're very different. It's always interesting, like when you when you put the glasses on Cary Grant, and I was like, oh, is he supposed to be like Nebishi or something? Like, I recognize that he's he's not as suave, but he's right. still pretty damn suave. I don't know. I feel like he plays the awkwardness very well. Like he I can't even like, conduct a phone call. <laughs> I guess that's true. Way. I mean, bringing up baby is probably funnier, but I think the Philadelphia story is a more, is like a richer experience overall. It's, I think it's more emotional. It's more romantic. It yeah, just this has is more... why comedies never win Oscars. <laughs> They're both <laughs> comedies. Except for Tom Jones. Sure, that's true. <laughs> but you guys obviously haven't listened to the movie journal we just recorded. Oh, yes. shocking! <laughs> In which she talked about Tom Jones. Right. Um, another thing that's interesting about the Philadelphia story, which is kind of like. I wrote some notes about general trends and themes yeah. in movie weddings, is that, at least based on movies, but I think, in, you know, in real life too, you know, back in old timey times, we'll say. Um, it seemed like only the upper classes had really big weddings. Right. Because you watch so many old movies and then they're like, we're going to get married. And then the next shot is them coming out of City Hall. And that's like insanely common. And it's really only like things like this where like they establish that the family is very rich that you see like a big affair, which is funny because like now everyone is expected to have something that stretches them financially. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's just interesting to look back. And I don't know when that ended. Maybe like the 70s or 80s. Yeah, that'd be interesting to figure out. Because, yeah, and especially in the 40s or 30s and 40s, you'd have those movies where like someone would call up their mother and be like, Mom, I just got hitched. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, part of that, like during World War II especially. Well, sure, like, yeah. Even before, you know, it just seemed like you just went to City Hall. Right. And it's like the big affairs were for only the 1%. So I think I was struggling to find some older examples of this and then I of like wedding movies. I think that's why, because a lot of times they just go yeah. to City Hall. What is the oldest, like... Uh, poor person wedding movie on your <laughs> <laughs> like not rich um, person like you know what, you know what I'm saying like what yeah. is the oldest movie like um, uh, I mean the deer hunter is yeah. uh, obviously the whole first act is a wedding and those aren't rich folks but that's 78 
and it's, well, but it, it takes still, place in the Vietnam era, so it probably takes place ten years earlier. Okay. And it's still a big right. event. That's, That's right. the other thing. Like it's not a small affair. In fact, it just goes on and on. Um, so yeah, I'd, it's that's my like, favorite part of the movie. It is movie, definitely my favorite part of the movie. I love that whole section of the movie. It's difficult because I do not enjoy spending time with any of those characters. <laughs> certainly not when they're drunk. Uh, plus that thing with like the wine dripping on the wedding dress. Like, oh no, that's a bad omen. That, oh, I forgot there are a lot that. of things I like about that movie, but not. I don't think, by and large, I like it that much. I just like it when they dance. Yeah. I don't think the movie is that great overall, but I no. do like. I'd like the, to see it again because people really turned on it, but I always loved it. Hmm. But I haven't seen it since early college. If that, it's effective in a lot of ways. But yeah, yeah. I, I feel bad because, like, clearly, I'm supposed to like be really invested in this wedding sequence. And, like, <laughs> like, oh, these guys look—they're they're all hanging out and having fun, and like, I don't. I would not like. I don't enjoy spending time with these people. <laughs> but uh, um, and then Heaven's Gate kind of did the same thing with the graduation sequence yeah, totally. at the beginning, which I also think is great. Uh, I, I, think is, I, like, I like Heaven's Gate more overall than Deer Hunter. Though. Interesting hot take. Well, I is think it really a hot take? probably not anymore. Okay. <laughs> I think also like we should. Clar- I'm only talking about American culture right here because well, yeah. in in the Deer Hunter, isn't it like some other culture? It's or? They're, they're like Polish American, aren't they? I don't oh, think okay. they're actually Polish because I have a Polish friend from high school who okay. claimed that they were Polish to be like, yeah, our culture rules, right? But then I looked it up and they were <laughs> like some Russian. other. I think it's Russian, Eastern European thing. Yeah. 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 Okay. Because I feel like it's maybe more common in other cultures to kind of spend a lot more money on right. wedding, and that's always been true regardless of, you know, financial level. But I'm just talking about, you know, Americans here. So uh, Maybe I'm thinking that they're Polish because I'm remembering the 1998 Claire Danes movie, Polish Wedding. Did you ever see that? <laughs> no. <laughs> but why would you? <laughs> well, it's because I, because I saw that, and it's a big wedding like that. <laughs> and it's weird because that one also ends up in Vietnam. <laughs> right. Yeah. Oh, okay, now I get the connection. Very improbably. Like but yeah, starring noted Poles, Claire Danes, <laughs> Gabriel Byrne, and Lena Olin. I can see it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, Lena Olin's at least Swedish. That's close. Getting <laughs> Geographically there. Getting there. Close. Yeah. Um, uh, but the other thing I like about uh, Philadelphia Story is that it uses... It assumes that the wedding will naturally bring out a lot of emotions in people, which I think having got, just gone through a wedding ourselves, we felt a lot of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, just in different family members and different factions, like giving their opinions and insights that aren't necessarily wanted or bringing up old grudges that have yeah. just long simmered. Um, and that's also true of Rachel getting married, which I think inevitably we have to get to. Mm-hmm. Um, it's probably the best wedding movie ever. I don't know. What do you think? Uh, I mean, that sounds right to I'm me. I'm not it's budging on the Philadelphia story. All right, fair so. enough. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm a big fan of Rachel Getting Married. I only yeah. just saw it last year for the first yeah. time and completely loved it. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. And I, it's tough because I guess it is like the... I'm sure we'll, I'll, I'll think of, of others, but I feel like I think it is the best wedding movie because, yes, there's all this drama, but the wedding itself does seem fun. Yeah, yeah. Totally. like really You still get fun. a long scene of people dancing. Yeah, and, and like those toasts, which at some, at, you know, occasionally yeah. you're just like, oh boy, these just keep going. But at the same time, it's like, but everyone does seem to be enjoying each other's company yeah. and everyone seems very happy for, was it Sydney and Rachel? Like, I'm trying to think like... Yeah, I can't remember. But, uh, Sounds right. Tunde Adabimpe? Yes. That's it, yes. <laughs> um... And the same to you. <laughs> uh, that sounds mean. I'm sorry. Uh, but yeah, and I feel like, uh, but it's, it's hard for me to think of it as like, cause I think of weddings as like really just really fun occasions and really, yeah. but which Rachel getting married officially is, but 
it's just paired with so much awkward, difficult emotions. But that's that's okay. That can be part of it as well. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if that was your guys' experience when you got married, but like I said, that definitely was a part in ours. Is there's just like a lot of family stuff that just comes bubbling to the surface. Mm, there was a uh, not so much. Th- that uh, or at least not on that day okay well no i mean like leading up to it because it's the same thing rachel getting married it's like the days before as everyone just is gathering together and maybe they don't hang out as much as they used to and so david family drama i think honestly my mom kind of protected us from it because Mm. basically we decided to have like as far as family like pretty much immediate family and their significant others only and then it was all our friends which is easy for my wife who comes from a very small family and that are so spread out they don't like see each other that often whereas me like basically it was the 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 reason we did that it was was because we ended up having about 80 something people at our wedding if we had invited my extended family it would have doubled i have such a huge family and so i like have later learned that there are maybe some aunts and uncles who are a bit peeved uh, and cousins and stuff that were a bit peeves that they weren't uh, invited, uh, and they had told my mom about that. Ah. But she, uh, I think, uh, commendably, didn't mention that until <laughs> yeah. much later. Yeah, that's, that's the other thing is we may never know the extent of the drama because people don't want to tell us about it. Sure, that so, works too. Yeah, for sure. I will say that uh, for me and Jen, like we got married a while ago, um, coming up on thirteen years, and you know we are both young we're 23 and when you're 23 even though like okay well we we've graduated college but you don't totally feel like a full on adult yet. right and so when the actual adults <laughs> are are giving opinions it doesn't yet occur to you that you can be like yeah we're not doing that oh yeah um in retrospect you know like if we were to get married now having gone through some of the stuff that we've been through just as grown-ups it'd be like yeah no w- this is this is for us i know it's theoretically for you too but yeah we're the ones that have to live with this and yeah. think back on this terrible thing that happened and again it wasn't that terrible of a day but there are things that things were included that we wish had not been and we wish that right. we just like stood up for ourselves more yeah yeah um and also uh, we wish that we had had a wedding planner by the way listeners if you it, it, get a wedding planner even if it's just a day of wedding yeah. planner yeah. We, did, yeah. we did the day of thing and it yeah. was great yeah. Yeah. it's all the difference um uh, a yeah. movie that addresses the struggle <laughs> of a wedding planner the wedding family. planner <laughs> uh, oh no i was gonna say dealing with your family is father of the bride which i've only seen the original <laughs> one has anyone seen the i've remake? never seen the original actually i've only seen the i've only seen Steve most Martin. of the <laughs> remake on tv i've seen okay. both okay um so yeah, I think I saw that movie a long time ago, but I think it I kind of would think about it periodically when we were planning the wedding because the whole, you know, conflict of the movie as the title would suggest is that Spencer Tracy has this very, you know, particular vision for the daughter's wedding that he is planning and paying for and hers is different. Um, and it's the source of a lot of tension. And I know, I think one of the things was like he wants to invite all his friends from his business associates or something. Mm-hmm. Um and I, it never, you know, got that bad for us, fortunately. But I think, you know, your parents have a vision of how your wedding is going to be. They've maybe never talked to you about it. And you only find out about it <laughs> when you say, hey, we're going to do this. And they say, what? Um, but I just feel like that movie and maybe the sequel, I don't know, um, kind of does a good job of exploring that dichotomy. And then at the end, I think Elizabeth Taylor is kind of just like, I'm going to do whatever. <laughs> you know. I do wonder, though. Uh, the idea of like parents having a very specific idea 
my parents had two boys and I do feel like being like, there's, there's a reason there's not a movie called like father of the groom. That's like, true. I do think that like parents, because the parents of the bride are like, I don't know if this is the case anymore, but like for a long time, like they were expected to pay for it. Mm-hmm. And so they probably bring a lot more, uh, expectations. And I guess the idea is like, Oh, we're giving our daughter away. Right. You know? yeah. Yeah. And so they have, they probably have a much clearer idea. Like my mom really didn't, weigh in much with our wedding because mm-hmm. she wasn't that involved. Jen's parents were much more involved. Um, let me ask, Scott, your family, did they have opinions on the wedding? They had loose d- desires that they didn't really bank a ton on. Okay. But I, I think it's also the n- cultural notion that weddings are more for the bride than the groom. Right. And so naturally right. the parents would kind of inherit that with it. Yeah. Um, we did go the more traditional, like Natalie's parents did pay for most of our, our wedding, but they were great. I think they yeah. were, were just, they didn't have really any, I think there were a couple of people that they requested that we invite and maybe someone that we requested that, that they requested we not invite. <laughs> um, but that was about the extent of it. And I showed up anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, it, it was, it, it went great. It's interesting you mentioned the gender differences, too, because one of the things that really frustrated me throughout the wedding planning process is how infantilized I felt at every single turn. <laughs> um, no one else at this table would right, you know, right. understand about that. But it's like the way people talk to you, it's like act, you're an actual child because people will say, like, are you excited for your big day? <laughs> and like I have recently watched old home movies of me when I was like eight. <laughs> on my birthday and that is the exact thing my parents are uh-huh. saying to me on these videos about my birthday party uh-huh. like it's just and they're like are you excited to be a princess it's like unbelievably <laughs> condescending and like also how many different answers can you give to that <laughs> yeah you're gonna be like you know what honestly thumbs down yeah. <laughs> can't wait for it to be over but just like the language people use and they also think that like they can win you over on sentimentality so like I was looking at venues and they'll be like I'd be like how much does it cost they'll be like well you really fall in love with it i am like how much does it cost I'm like this works on other people it doesn't work on me you know and they just feel like you'll be won over and you'll fall in love with things and I got so sick of it um which is uh why I retroactively relate to bridesmaids because, you know, obviously the main things we remember about that movie are like the comedy and the female friendship. But I think it's also the villain of that movie is the wedding industrial complex. Like it's just (laughs) things are constantly getting out of hand at every turn. And you can kind of sense like Maya Rudolph plays the bride and you can kind of sense she's not super into it. Yeah. yeah. She plays that really well. She does. And I think it's like, she's almost just indulging it like for Rose Byrne's sake. Like (laughs) Rose Byrne is very into it. Right. And there were times like planning our wedding where I'm like, you know what? It would just be easier to say yes. But like, that's not who I am, but I can understand that temptation, you know, and how even at the scene, at the end of Bridesmaids, at the wedding, my Rudolph is kind of looking around and being like, what happened here? <laughs> like, how did this become this way? And it's like, girl, I get it. Like, yeah, literally to say yes is to silence people. To say no is to just welcome more and more <laughs> until yeah. they finally, until you finally do say yes. And they're like, all right, we got her. Yeah. yeah. Bridesmaids. I forgot about Bridesmaids. That's, yeah. a, that's oh, that a great was, movie all around. That was yeah. one that I, uh, Natalie and I watched because um, neither of us had seen it uh, in, until we were about about ready to get married and we decided to to, to watch it. Uh, it's pretty funny. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I like when uh, Melissa McCarthy has all those dogs. Yeah. <laughs> that's the best part of the movie. What did she say? 
she's like, I may have overcommitted my yeah, something like that. I do like <laughs> you just became like seventy five. Like it was pretty funny. I like when she had all those dogs. Yeah. Just like really she is good in that movie though. Um the other one I'll tell you, I'm 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 sure I'm hoping it's on your list. Uh, a movie that Natalie and I watched. Uh, one of my probably one of my favorite movies of uh, top fifty maybe, uh top seventy five of all time. Uh Four Weddings and a Funeral. Mm-hmm. I've actually never seen, seen it. it. It's, it's great. It's so great. I wanted to watch it um, to prepare for this episode, but yeah. I did not get around to it. But it is also kind of uh, I mean, I think it's the the movie is kind of anti wedding. Uh, I mean, especially that's yes. that's when they end up. Spoilers for the end of <laughs> weddings and a funeral. When they end up together, they vow, they propose to one another, they vow not to get married. That's yeah. the whole like thing. After we've been through all these all these weddings that are sort of like sort of the joke is that they're entertain- interchangeable. You get the same like vicar or whatever at, okay. different, at different weddings and uh, everyone's just uh, going through the motions and uh, bringing up, it just brings up resentments or, you know, jealousies and stuff like that. But it's all very, very funny. Um, and in true, uh, that screenwriter's fashion, I'm forgetting Richard Curtis, Richard Curtis. It's <laughs> yeah. a, it's a very sweet romantic comedy that also is full of people saying fuck all the time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, the, uh, have you seen it, Julie? Okay. No. You remember the opening scene yes. is it's like the fuck scene in the wire yeah. where it's just <laughs> like the word fuck, <laughs> like probably pro- at least a dozen times before anyone actually speaks a line of, of, of dialogue. <laughs> it's a, it's a much better movie that, than I think people remember. I think people I think they think of it as like, oh, it's a, it's like a, just a, just another romantic comedy. It's like Notting Hill, which is actually also a pretty good movie, but like, it's like Notting Hill or any of those other things. Like, yeah. no, 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 hang on. <laughs> like, yes, I recognize who Hugh Grant would become in, <laughs> in the nineties and how he would be used, but this is the thing that kicked that off. And then they like sanded some of those edges off. Not that he's remarkably edgy, but the movie is shockingly edgy. It remind it's definitely, I think it's a lot closer to something like when Harry met Sally, which is not necessarily hard edge, but it's not overly sappy and sentimental either. I think. Yeah. Um, I'm going to, not that that's a wedding movie. Sorry. But, um, I'm yeah. not sure I realized that it was like that. Like this is kind of like surprising to hear. It's great. Yeah. yeah. And the, um, the, 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 the title is not just a clever title. That's literally the structure of the movie. Oh, I assume that much. The funeral. <laughs> and the funeral is the most, moving scene. It really is. Yeah. yeah. Um, the, the great actor, John Hanna, uh, gives a, gives a eulogy yeah. that, uh, uh, I'm going to cry if I start thinking about it. Yeah. So let's move on. All right. It's funny too. Cause like when you Google wedding movies, you get the same dozen movies from the late nineties and early two thousands that usually have bride or wedding in the title. Uh-huh. They're yeah. like, this is clearly the only thing you want. I'm like foreign films. Anyone? No. Um, but yeah, there's, there's other ones out there. Well, what was, I could not remember the name of the foreign film we saw last year. That was from like Israel or something. Oh yes. This is on my list. Right. So it's called the wedding plan. It was from 2016 directed by, but it, I think Bergstein. it came out last year here. Oh, did it? Yeah. yeah. I think so. Oh, okay. And she made um, something, the movie she made before that I, I saw. Okay. That I'm forgetting the name of right I now. I don't know the name of that either. Um, but yeah, I mean that movie, I didn't unconditionally love it. Yeah. Um, Cause I, it pitched itself as a rom-com and because of that, the ending was kind of jarring to me, but in reconsidering it for this episode, I'm like, Oh, maybe it was kind of a satire. (laughs) Um, but it's also interesting. I love watching like, 
popular entertainment films of other countries because you don't normally get those in America. Yeah. You know, that kind of started in the 50s when people are like, hey, you hear about this Ingmar Bergman? Like, his movies are crazy and they have nudity. And, like, it kind of set a template where, like, the only, really the only foreign films that we get here are a type. They're like a certain pedigree, a certain pedigree, more artistic, whatever. So it's fun. Like when we went to Japan a couple years ago, like I was just scrolling through all the like movie options on the plane. And I watched this wacky Japanese comedy Mm -hmm. about a family of telepaths that like you would never see in America, you know, some like Kino Lorber isn't going to pick it up or whatever. (laughs) But like, it's just fun to see just like cultural differences and like what the popular entertainment is of other countries. And like, Maybe this isn't popular entertainment of Israel, but it felt like it. I don't know. I can't remember the central like hook of the movie even now. Oh, really? Yeah, okay. I'm sorry. So, okay, well, I'll of tell the you. Plan? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So the hook is great. The hook is that this woman, she's like in her early 30s, oh, right. and she's engaged. So they're looking at wedding venues. She books a venue, and then she breaks up with her fiance. But then she decides that she's going to get married anyway. So it doesn't matter who the groom is. She's like, I have this date at this venue. I'll find a groom by then. I'll figure it out. And it gets right up to the day of. And, you know, it's like kind of a suspense movie in that way. And she meets different guys along the way. Um, and, yeah, it's it's interesting because obviously you learn about Israeli culture because part of one of the conflicts is that she's kind of more traditional and orthodox. And there are other suitors who are not. And that's not jiving with her. Um, but it's also... If you view it as a satire, it kind of applies to America, too, because I feel like there are some women who just want to get married so bad, they kind of don't care who the groom is. Right. They want the wedding, and they want to be married, but they're not super picky about who it is. So, you know, it wasn't an entirely successful movie, but I think it was charming and culturally interesting and maybe a satire. <laughs> so I looked it up. Rama Burstein's pre- previous movie was also a wedding centric movie but um much, Chicks, more, much right? more of a yeah, <laughs> much more of a drama um it's called fill the void and the premise is that a a, a woman's older sister who was married dies and then the cultural expectation is that this girl or young woman is to marry her mm. widowed widowered or whatever brother-in-law mm. uh, and she's trying to decide whether or not to go through with it as her entire family wants her to or do her own thing um, also not entirely successful, but an interesting uh, movie. Okay. Anything else foreign? This is fun. Yes. Um, there was a movie from 2014 or 15 maybe called Wild Tales. Mm, right. um, oh, yeah. Yes. I thought of that today and I was so excited. <laughs> um, Wild Tales was actually nominated for the Best Foreign Film Oscar, I believe. So it's an anthology film from Argentina. It has six vignettes. That's basically the collective tissue is people going wild. It's just like, (laughs) that really is what it is. It's just people, you know, in all senses of that word. So the last vignette, and I think the longest, kind of the, the main one, if you will, it's at a wedding, a very big wedding. And at the wedding, the bride discovers that the groom has been cheating on her. So this would be a very dramatic and tense situation anytime, but you add alcohol, you add their entire family, and you add that it's a movie called Wild Tales, <laughs> and it just gets insane. Like, it escalates so high. Yeah. It's really funny. It's really messed up. <laughs> I didn't see where it was going, um, but I would definitely recommend that, because it, like we were saying, like, emotions run high at a wedding, like, for better and for worse. Um, so they just kind of take that to a comic extreme, I would mm-hmm. say. And just like 
how someone can snap when something starts, when their perfect day starts to yes. <laughs> fall apart. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Even if the, the circumstances aren't as dire as they are on that film of like someone cheating on their, you see that happen. I think a lot, or, or like even at my brother's wedding, he had a very specific idea for how events would go and some things didn't work out and I could see like him starting to come apart a little bit as they did. But yeah, it's, not every vignette is as successful as is to be expected right. with a movie like that, but I think it's a lot of fun overall. Um, that director is working on the $6 billion man, and no, I did not misspeak. It is adjusted for inflation. <laughs> uh, the other foreign films I wanted to mention are some Ozu films, uh, Late okay. Spring, ah, yes. Equinox Flower, and Late Autumn, which are all about daughters getting married. And they're kind of equally from the daughters and the uh, father's perspectives. Um, but they're really interesting, not just as like views of post-war Japanese culture and how they approached marriage and the expectations placed on young women, but especially they take place in different decades. Late spring is from the forties. Equinox flowers from the fifties and late on is from the sixties. I don't know how you keep the, like <laughs> of those movies are like the, the guys in saving private Ryan where like they all have the same, <laughs> they all have the same outfit and haircut. And so I can never remember like which one's early summer and which one's late. late <laughs> like I can't, how many have you seen? Uh, I, I just can't even tell you because I, I can't keep them straight. Cause it used to be. Yeah. I mean the ones I haven't seen, I have no idea which ones they are, but as soon as I've seen them, it somehow locks in. I don't know. Um, but yeah, so you see the kind of evolving uh, extent to which women can start to claim uh, their destinies and how they start, how they feel about the future's changes over those decades. Um, they're all really interesting and extremely moving. They don't involve like the wedding itself, but it's so much is about like putting together a marriage, I suppose. And isn't there something... I, I can't remember if it's one I saw or one you were telling me about where there's the sense in at least that era in Japan where they're like, what's the point of having a daughter? Like you raise them and then you marry them off and then there they go. Yeah. Because at that time, especially the daughters would go live or would in some way institute or come together with the husband's family. Like their parents would move in with them or they would move in with the the, the husband's parents to start with. But the daughter's family would just get like, you know, maybe weekend visits. Um, So they'd really, I mean, it really was giving away a daughter in a very literal sense. Yeah. Late spring is so sad. <laughs> it is. I mean, it's beautiful in a lot of ways. Right. But it's, it certainly ends on a on a sad note. Yeah, but it's like you know you got to take the next step in life too. No, it's that's the thing is like it's it's it is very touching. It's not. I don't. I don't mean to say depressing. Right. It is just. It's sad in the way that sometimes taking the next step totally. can be sad. Yeah. Um, and. Along those lines, I was I was going to mention that um, you know a lot of the wedding movies that I think of, I think it's arguable if they're even considered wedding movies. They're they're movies about like the lead up to the wedding right. and like the potential crisis of you know oh I'm making a lifelong commitment you know hypothetically I'm making a lifelong commitment and it's not often that you do that like you don't. Like even if you choose like a uh, like college or something like that, like okay, well, I can still drop out, or mm-hmm. I can choose another college, or I can change my major, whatever it is. But like aside, I'd I'd say like kids, yeah, and, yeah. and tattoos and tattoos, <laughs> fucking a right. <laughs> I don't regret this for a minute. Um, but uh, and so I think a movie like um, 
the one one of the ones that I thought of was uh, Sideways, which definitely ends. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, at a wedding, I didn't think about that. But it's one in which uh, you know Thomas Hayden Church's character is not exactly one to have like existential crises. I think he, that's a little bit deep for him. But but I think he definitely is thing like I I. I don't know if I want to actually do this. I, right. You get the impression he's doing it because it's just kind of the, what's expected of yeah, him. It's time. But he doesn't actually want to. And, and even though the idea of losing his wife, uh, brings him to tears, there's no question he's going to cheat on her. Right. Like, right. I, I think it's, I think that goes without saying. And so I think in that instance, it, I don't know if I'd say the film is trying to make any big points about weddings or, or, or the choice of uh, to get married or anything like that. But I think, you know, this guy getting married only guarantees that someone's going to get hurt. Uh, and so I think his cold feet uh, are probably the best possible thing that could have happened uh, if only it had actually stopped it. Right. Now, Julie, when you were scrolling through Japanese comedies, did you happen to see Saidoweizu, the Japanese remake of Sideways? Uh, no. Yeah. I don't think that was on the airplane. <laughs> That's real. It's real. Really? <laughs> yeah. I, I've never seen it. Um, David Ehrlich wrote a whole thing about it back when he was at like film.com or whatever. Wow. I, mean, uh, I really like want to a- see it simple enough premise that you yeah. kind of adapt but it's just it funny wherever. to me that like the name is like oh. almost like, phonetic, like a phonetic yeah. like sideways right yeah. <laughs> it's like if some guy was like making fun of Japanese yeah. people like sideways I don't know how you say that in Japanese sideways and like know. surely there's it's not like a phrase you can't translate either right. Yeah. Right. like surely there's a way to say that in Japanese but I don't know strong brand identification I don't know <laughs> when I uh, when I'd heard of Ringu I was like surely <laughs> surely that's not it right um yeah uh I want to. Uh, I don't know what else you guys you guys had to bring up, but I was. You reminded me, or you guys reminded me. We were talking about Rama Burstein as a director who has made multiple movies about weddings. It reminded me of the great P.J. Hogan, who made both Muriel's Wedding and My Best Friend's Wedding. Right. Both wedding movies that I think are terrific. I haven't seen either. I saw um, My Best Friend's Wedding when I was like thirteen or something. I haven't seen it since. I think Muriel's Wedding, I think, was the right movie for me as a. Uh, as a as a high schooler because it's about like a a weirdo <laughs> like I, right. I felt like a weirdo I felt like I'm you know I'm outside of like the norm of things and yet Muriel like kind of wants some of the norm and like so a wedding is like a normal thing to do but Muriel is not a normal person no. uh, and I, I I really felt very uh, the movie is very emotional to me uh, and also very funny it's such a great performance like yeah. I feel like it's Tony Collette right yeah. yeah I feel like we don't get to see. I guess she did stuff like, you know, United States of Terror or whatever, but I feel like we think of her as more of a dramatic actress, but I yeah, feel like her true. I feel like that performance is so delightful and over the top and goofy. Um, yeah. I feel like I'd like to see her in that type of thing more because I think she, she could absolutely still do it. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah. she's, you know, she's got the accent, so she's respectable now. So. <laughs> yeah. She does make so, very indie comedies. Like as someone who tracks film projects for a living, I can okay. tell you she's out there, okay. but it's just very small projects. Mm, that's um, too bad. Yeah. But you, ha- you have seen My Best Friends? What? I mean, forever ago. All right. Well, that's a movie I like a lot, too, because I like uh, that the protagonist is also kind of the bad guy. Right. Uh, in the movie, you know, like she oh, like yes. she's yes. she's basically act, acting out of very selfish desperation. Yeah. Uh, Not unlike Bridesmaids in that regard. Yeah, I guess you're right. Um, and I like what it does with the Cameron Diaz character of like introducing her as this like. 
I don't know, floozy or whatever, this idiot, this airhead or whatever, and then humanizing her over the course of the movie as we are realizing that Julia Roberts is behaving abominably. (laughs) Um, And she's not the easy, you know, the easy uh, bad option or whatever, like so many of these movies uh, make. Um, Yeah, I really like that movie. Cameron Diaz also played uh, a bride in Very Bad Things. That's Which right. ends with a horrifying wedding. But yeah. Of course, everything in that film is horrifying. Uh, yeah, I, I haven't watched would... that. I loved that movie when I was in high school, I think, because it made me feel like edgy because it's so it's such a dark comedy wow um and i don't know that it holds i haven't watched it as an adult pretty much i don't know if it holds up neither have i Uh, have you guys seen very bad things i feel like it would depress me now i mean i guess that's probably the idea especially like ah so many (laughs) of course lila norser is in that how could he not be yeah uh yeah playing like a desperate character but i remember really liking daniel stern and jeremy piven i remember liking the acting quite a bit yeah um that movie also reminds me, though, of uh, The Hangover in a way. I was going to mention The Hangover. In yeah. the sense, like, because there's a whole the thing about how Cameron Diaz wants um, John Favreau, is that her mm-hmm. uh, fiance, to have his bachelor party early, not the weekend of the wedding. Yeah. Which is so strange to me that that was like a tradition and still is. People still do it. My cousin yeah. did it. It's so strange to me because mm-hmm. that's what The Hangover is. It is yeah. like two nights before the wedding. Yeah. Don't do your bachelor bachelorette party. Like the weekend of the wedding. It seems like your bachelor party. Uh, that was in August. So that was a full month. Uh, Yeah. 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 Um, really leaving a buffer. (laughs) It was just like, that was when it worked out because we went to a baseball game and that was like when there was a, there was a game on a Saturday that like worked out for our whole schedule and everything. Um, yeah. So yeah, don't, for two reasons, for multiple reasons, but the main two, you don't want to be hungover right. for your wedding and B, there's so much shit to do. Right <laughs> yeah. your wedding. You can't be jetting off to Vegas. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Um, uh, speaking of the, or are we going to mention the same movie? Oh, are we? Seven Brides for Seven Brothers? (laughs) Um, Bachelorette. Yeah. Yeah. So we actually, that was another movie we watched um, before the wedding. And I kind of turned to him and was like, is this the wrong movie to watch right now? I ended up thinking it was the perfect movie to watch right before now. Um, The easy comparison is to say it's like a female hangover. But I think it's better. Yeah. And I think it's probably funnier. And it takes like kind of... I mean, just having that from a female perspective is unique in itself. But it also, like, in The Hangover, like, everyone's kind of terrible, which is fine. But I think in Bachelorette, everyone seems terrible. But then you realize that they actually kind of are good people. And it basically, it doesn't end where I thought it was going to end. Like, I thought it was going to, they were setting up to be like, women are terrible. They're all bitches to each other. This... Rebel Wilson actually plays the bride doing a not the best American accent. Very it's fine. slippery American accent. Very <laughs> slippery American accent. Um, I think there's a reason she hasn't done one since. Yeah. Um, but she just plays this kind of like sweet, normal person and her friends seem terrible. Right. Because she's marrying like this total hottie. And yeah. None of her friends are married. And they're like, how does this Rebel Wilson get to marry this hottie? Right. It's weird so that her character would have the same name as her. Yeah. No. yeah. So, strange choice. Yeah. choice. So they're like. <laughs> the Blitter Witch Press. <laughs> <laughs> they're like really nasty about it. So you're, you think you're being set up for her at the end, giving like a big speech and be like, you guys are terrible. I don't need you. I need better. But that's not where it goes. They don't take that route. They're like, you know what? These friends actually have a lot to offer. And really it's just that they hate themselves. And that's why they're being terrible. Well, but it also folds in like 
a lot of the terrible experiences they've had together, like they channel them into good ones. I think the most obvious example being that Kirsten Dunst, who plays, she's the maid of honor, right? Yeah. Um, uh, her and Rebel Wilson used to have bulimia and throw up between classes in high school, uh, a skill Kirsten Dunst puts to use when their friend has possibly overdosed yes. on pills and she needs to make her vomit. Yeah. And there's all these little touches like that where it's wow. like all these flaws that they seem to have, they end up channeling them towards good things. And the last act of the movie is just this, like breakneck pace towards the wedding. Yeah. It's absolutely incredible that ends with uh, Rebel Wilson having a stain on her dress and Kirsten Dunst just saying, fuck everyone. Yeah. And that became like the rallying cry. Yeah. But also like just the choreography of that last part right before the wedding is like, it's something out of the West wing. Like it's just the cameras moving everywhere. People are shouting and running and it's like so funny. So it's the cast is, um, Rebel Wilson, Kirsten Dunst, um, Lizzie Kaplan, Ela Fisher, James Marsden. Um, yeah, great cast. Very funny. I like all of them except Rebel Wilson. I've never enjoyed her. I mean, she's her. really not no, in that no, much no. of it. And she's not playing a Rebel Wilson type. She's very much like the straight woman of the Yeah, piece. she's completely yeah. a straight woman. And also, like, a big part, because they constantly have, like, things driving the plot along. So for a lot of it, it's the dress. It's like they messed right. up her dress. Right. So they're, like, calling tailors at 2 in the morning to fix it and, like, doing all these, like, hijinks. But it's, yeah. It's really funny. It's on Netflix still, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Better than The Hangover. I said it. <laughs> uh, I can't wait to see it. Yeah. It was based on a play, which is interesting. That's right, like, yeah. I, they, it didn't feel like that at all, because in the, in the movie, they're in a lot of locations, because it's in, I think, New York, right? Maybe. Yeah. So they're going all over town to try to fix these issues. They end up at, like, a strip club for some reason. As um, one does and such things. Oh, because they're meeting up with the bachelor party right. or something, and it's, like, just the camera work and everything, so it didn't feel like a play for sure uh, another comedy I have on my list that's also a breakneck uh, pace is Seven Chances the Buster Keaton movie oh, yeah, <laughs> which yeah. is about a guy who has to get married uh, by a certain deadline to inherit a million dollars I want to say some fortune from his crazy yeah. uncle seemingly a common problem in old timey times yeah <laughs> of course eccentric rich people are constantly dying and leaving their funds to the whims of fate but wasn't yes. there a more like a movie with Chris, uh, Chris O'Dowd yeah. The Bachelor that's yeah. the premise I never saw that's the same yeah. premise and I think oh, his okay. grandfather's played by Peter Ustinov oddly <laughs> enough sure I don't know why I know that I think because I saw the trailer for The Bachelor I was like is that Peter Ustinov <laughs> and uh, yeah. indeed I was correct it was okay. um, yeah there's uh, speaking so that along with The Hangover and that I feel like there are a handful of movies that like Weddings create a really nice ticking clock yeah, element totally. because mm-hmm. it's like, I got to get to the church on time right. and, yep. and that sort of thing. Oh, I guess there's a, I guess that's from Oliver, right? Like get me to the church on time or whatever it is. I don't, I don't know. know. It's that, David Bowie. I was going to say, I think you're thinking of a David Bowie song. That's, that's what it is, yes. yes. But <laughs> Oliver came out before, yeah. <laughs> before David Bowie did. I, I don't know yeah. about that. I'm, did yeah. he write Oliver? Uh, oh, Turns yeah. out. That guy's a genius. <laughs> yeah. And it's kind of a middle of the road. Um, okay, so... Uh, okay. Um, so a few... Of course, it's, it's interesting. The first wedding movie I thought of was The Godfather. Yeah, yeah that's oh, on my yeah. list, too. Um, and which is, you know, I mean, it's a, it's not unlike uh, Deer Hunter. It's the wedding takes up a good chunk of the of the first act. And um, 
but it's not a wedding movie, but it's the, that and the graduate are the two wedding movies I thought of like first. (laughs) And I had to struggle for anything after those. It feels weird to me. (laughs) A little weird. (laughs) No, I thought of those quickly too. I mean, in, in a lot of ways they're kind of like set a template. Cause I was like, the graduate, like any interrupted wedding scene yeah. kind of exists in the shadow of the graduate. Right. Like, I'm right. not saying that was dirty the, grandpa. <laughs> sure. Like <laughs> I'm not saying like that was the first interrupted wedding scene in a movie, but yeah. it kind of like is the one. And it's just so, you know, famous in its iconography and everything. Yeah. Um, and then also the Godfather, like kind of this idea of a wedding as like a political stage almost. Yeah. Cause I mean, on a much bigger scale, you have like, when people from different countries would get married to like unify the countries, but that can go, that can be much smaller. You know, it can be, it's like a unifying of families and there's all this like backroom stuff going on. So yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, and it's incidentally, um, the sequence in the graduate where he is, you know, uh, not chasing, but he's running towards the, the wedding is, I don't know if it's a direct reference, but I think it probably is to the Harold Lloyd film girl shy where he is running to interrupt this wedding, but the character is, as often happens in silent films, he has a, a quirk that shows up at always the wrong time. <laughs> uh, he has a stutter. And so, like, it is just like this mad, like, the last 10 minutes are just like right. him, yeah. like, jumping from one vehicle to another, just getting closer and closer. And then he finally shows up and just, like, can't say anything. <laughs> like, he just starts, starts stuttering. It's like, oh, that's really funny because it just, like, comes to a grinding halt the minute he shows up. But, um, huh. So does oh, yeah. this mean Wayne's World was actually parodying Girl Shy, <laughs> not Graduate? <laughs> is, yes. is the Simon and Garfunkel song in Girl Shy? I guess <laughs> is the question. Yeah, it's just over and over on yeah. a loop. Yeah. I like, mean, it depends uh, on what accompaniment track you pick. Right. Yeah. Yes. Like that, uh, like that Nosferatu version <laughs> that we had from Walgreens that just had typo negative songs playing. Over. Yeah. Total like false advertising because the, the DVD made it look like yeah, oh, typo true. negative. Yeah, that composed a score for Nosferatu. I would love that. It would be awesome. Yeah. But it's just like Somebody stuff just, from Bloody Kisses. Or whatever. Yeah. Undoubtedly. It's like, yeah, Nosferatu might be public domain. Pretty sure Type <laughs> Negative is not. Like somebody should have gotten sued over this if anybody cared at all. Um, <laughs> and the, yeah, the first time I watched that was uh, they were like a group of friends over. And it's like, hey, let's watch it with the Type <laughs> What the hell? <laughs> Um, okay. Uh, what are, did you guys have anything else uh, you I wanted to? Uh, well, The Godfather reminded me that I also have uh, Melancholia on my list, which is another film that starts with a wedding that introduces a lot of family members. In... I, I was going to, because I've been bringing things up in twos, okay. Burst and PJ Hogan, I was going to bring up the two Danes who have made great wedding movies, uh, Melancholia and Thomas Vinterberg's A Celebration. Haven't uh, seen A Celebration. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, uh, but Melancholia, unlike The Godfather, introduces a ton of family members that then go away for most of the rest of the movie. Because it's like, yeah, it's, the core family is still there, but there's all these other people who just never show up again. Yeah, yeah like, shout uh, out to Udo Kier's Udo wedding Kier. planner. Yeah, for sure. Hilarious. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. The, that the, wedding. But you like, also have like John Hurt. Um, right. Well, the the groom certainly. Yeah. yeah. But I just love that it starts out with this very charming scene that indicates how horribly everything else in the wedding will go from there. Yeah, it's like it's like hard to watch. It's like yeah. not a fun wedding. No, <laughs> no. And actually, the wedding's already passed. It's just the reception, right? But right. everyone just seems real stressed out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 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 People are going to make horrible speeches. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, well, a celebration is definitely worth uh, watching. I don't want to get all like 
film Twitter argument this week and say that there's movies you should uh, watch that are part of the canon that you have to. But uh, a celebration is, I, def- I think, an important movie in terms of the the, the Dogma ninety five movement that gave birth to people like Lars von Trier's career. So I would say watch a celebration, but you don't have to. No one has to watch if, anything. If the spirit moves you. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, okay. Uh, a few that I, one of the other ones that I thought of, even though I don't really like it that much, is my big fat Greek wedding. Bro, right. Yeah. No, I, I thought of that. I, I don't really care for it. I think it kind of hit at a certain moment in time that it really just struck a chord. Yeah. But I think it's like very reductive and it doesn't really try to find deeper truths about a lot of the characters. Um, I think she's just like, you know, kind of begging the audience to love her and being like, look at my wacky family. And that's about it. I don't think it was charming, but part of that is because I had a crush on Mia for Dallas (laughs) and kind of still do to this day, even though the sequel was, oof. Yeah. It was terrible. Yeah. Uh, did you watch the show? Uh, I did not watch the show. Okay. The short-lived. No one did. Uh, yeah, it's, yeah. You didn't have a lot of chances. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it passed me by somehow. Yeah, I did not really care for it that much. There's a couple things that I laughed at that were as broad as can be. Like, and I don't know if this is. It, it was. It was broad and yet oddly specific. Like her brother, her, her dad thinking that Windex. Windex. Cool. Like, yeah. I, I remember being like. That's weird, but it, it made me laugh because yeah. that, like there was a moment when something happened, and then he burst from out of the frame with Windex, and just immediately, I remember being like, "Okay, that's timed very well. Good yeah. job, Michael Constantine." Um, but uh, that's an Oscar-nominated screenplay. My big, yep. my big fat Greek wedding. Mm-hmm. Um, oh boy. Maybe worth it if only for Andrea, Andrea Martin's speech about her twin. It is which pretty is good. the yeah. creepiest thing and in this like sweet family movie. There's yeah. this thing about her absorbing a twin in the womb. <laughs> it's so gross. Yeah. Andrea Martin is so great. She I was is. just watching this old uh, SATV thing, and I've talked about it before. It's a sketch that uh, I would say very much inspired uh, Celebrity Jeopardy as far as like the exasperated host. It's called Half Wits. <laughs> and so there's... And it's just like it's there are four contestants. One is John Candy, Andrew Martin, Joe Flaherty and Martin Short. And then Eugene Levy is the host. And each one is a different kind of moron. <laughs> and, and 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 her character is like one of the funniest things. Uh, so look up half, SCTV Halfwits on right. YouTube and see just how amazing she can be. I also think Joey, Fa- uh, Joey uh, Fatone is mm-hmm. um, really good in my group. The part that was in the trailer. Like, yeah. hey, we're we're going to kill, kill you. you. <laughs> I thought that was funny. Yeah. There's, um, there are moments in that movie, but... Uh, so I was thinking about this, getting us off, off topic, but uh, you brought up John Candy and I was thinking today, I was reflecting again today about how great John Candy was. Yeah. We did a whole profile. We did a long time on ago. him. But I was so I've been as I, as uh, listeners know as Tyler, you know, I uh, joined Letterboxd earlier this year, and so I've been going back when I have free time, just marking movies that I've watched as yep. as watched, and I managed in one day to come across both Who's Harry Crumb and Delirious, oh. both movies that I don't think would be good. It would be very watchable at all if it weren't for the fact that John Candy stars in them. And yeah. then, as a result, I've seen both of them numerous times. <laughs> yeah, uh, that line in Who's Harry Crumb about the, um, the ransom note, which is cut out of like letters cut out of magazines. And he says, you find this crazy typewriter. And you know what? Like he, 
this is okay. So I, this is when I sa- sound like an old person. He died so long ago mm-hmm. that I worry that people. I feel this way about Phil Hartman as well. But because of the Simpsons, he's never really gonna go away okay, completely. Right. But I do wonder. I guess maybe like Home Alone or something. But. I worry that John Candy is going to sort of go away for future generations. Like yeah. people, our parents' generation, our generation, like we, we grew up watching him and being like, Oh my gosh, like plane trains, and automobiles, uncle buck, yeah. even stuff, stuff like cool runnings. And like for, for people like us, JFK, uh, it's like, man, yeah. this guy's great. Uh, I think parents probably still show their kids. Uncle buck. I feel like uncle buck yeah. has got, is a, uh, has got legs. Never seen even it. I don't know. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, I don't think it's the best of his, Movies by uh, no, long shot. No, not at all. But, um, but he is. He, yeah. But he's always very good, and he's yeah. very likable in it. But uh, yeah, it's. Uh, I was asking um, some of my fellow students at UCLA if they knew uh-huh. who John Candy was, and they said, "Oh yeah, yeah." And I think they, a couple of them said, "Like yeah, I saw Home Alone," and I was like, "Okay." He's the what? best part of Home. He Alone. is the best part <laughs> yeah. of Home Alone. There's no question. But uh, all right. But, yeah. um, was he ever in any wedding movies? <laughs> I'm sure we could find one, but let's just awkwardly get back into the, the topic. Has anyone seen A Wedding? I've never seen it. Yes, actually, I, I forgot to put that on my list, even though I watched it for this episode. Uh, it's Robert Altman's wedding movie. Right. Um, it's very, it's much more of an outright comedy than I would have expected. Um, there's hmm. very little kind of dramatic stakes to it. Uh, the little dramatic stakes that exist are that, both of the people getting married have cheated on each other multiple times and mm-hmm. probably still want to be with other people. Um, but for the most part, it's just about like the weirdness of two very different families coming together and being forced into close proximity and being forced to pretend like they care about each other. And along the way, Lillian Gish, who plays the bride's grandmother, is dead for the entire reception, but nobody wants to tell anybody. So they, they keep just saying that she's resting. And people just keep coming in and talking to her about their lives and how things are going and how the wedding's going and just oh, wow. assuming she's asleep or not paying attention. And so Lillian Gish plays a corpse for the vast majority of the film. Oh, that's funny. That's um, funny. It's a really, really funny movie that I highly recommend. All right, there are weddings in the following John Candy movies. Uh, Nothing But Trouble. Oh, God, I hate that movie. That is an awful film, and that is uh, disturbed me greatly yeah. as a child. Yeah. Uh, Spaceballs, there's a wedding. <laughs> okay. two, two of them, in fact. Not a movie that I think has held up that well? Uh, no. No, it hasn't. Uh, and then I'm trying to think if there's any... All right. Is there a wedding in Splash? I don't know, but I don't like that movie either. Uh, he's the best part. Yeah, um, he's the best part of a lot of movies. Yeah. Um, Including, I mean, I know, uh, I don't know where uh, we're all. Uh, I'm sure Blues Brothers fans to a different extent, but the most quotable line in the movie, right? <laughs> orange whip, orange whip, orange whip, three whip. orange whips, three orange whips. <laughs> I don't know. I always go with the uh, little Dan Aykroyd mini speech before they hit it. Sure, yeah, yeah. that was on the poster. Yeah. I think that was in yes. our our apartment, right? That's right. Yeah, I think that's the most quotable. Isn't line. that no? That's not what your keychain says. No, is it? No, I can't remember. Yeah. Then, of course, there's always, you give him a cheese whiz, boy, <laughs> which is after the horrible, like, yeah. the mall chase. Right. And then they show up and goes, and this That's old right. man, you give him a cheese whiz, boy, and Dan Aykroyd just pulls up a can of cheese whiz and just throws it to him. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> it's Good the one early. moment that Elwood Blues is responsible. Yeah. Uh, he remembered to get this guy's cheese whiz. Um, Speaking okay, so. of road trips. <laughs> there we go. Hey. Um, there's a movie called Love Song 
from yes, that's yes. on my list too. Yes, from last year. Yeah, mm. I saw it at Sundance in 2016. Well, and good I saw for it you. At Sundance Next Fest in 2016. Okay. Yes. So. I just saw it on Netflix like a goon, <laughs> whatever. But um, basically, kind of the first half of the movie is these two female friends. One of them um, is married with a kid, but her husband's away a lot, so she goes on a road trip with the other friend, and. On that road trip, their relationship becomes more intimate um, and kind of crosses that line. And then, is it several years later? Yeah. Yeah. Several years later, um, the one with the kid goes to the other one's wedding to another guy. And something I think it captures really well is the feeling of going to a wedding where you don't know anybody else. Yeah, totally. Where you know maybe, I think she knows like the bride and her mom or something. Um, And it just really delves into that feeling of like, you don't get to see the person getting married that much. So you kind of just don't really know what to do with yourself. Well, yeah. and of feeling separated from the person that you are theoretically there to see and yeah. like making up for that distance, but not totally. Cause there's all these other people who are much more involved in her life. Yeah. Uh, and it's recently. such a natural, like, you can't catch up with a person when they're in that mode. Yeah. Like, yeah. the gentleman totally. we meet in the second half is not at all. It's right. so right. different than because she's in, you know, getting married mode. Yeah. yeah. But they still hold on to the bonds that they had. Like, they fall into an easy pattern. It's just that they don't have a lot of opportunities to revive that relationship. I yeah. Guess. And you don't. It's not exactly clear how they left their relationship. I right. think the last you see of them is them being intimate, right? Or no, they have like a very awkward goodbye. Oh yeah, yeah they have some, on the bus. Yeah. and it, yeah. it's kind of like they're kind of catching touch over the years. Um, maybe had a visit here and there, but definitely not as close as they used to be. But still yeah. have that the same like affection for one another. Not necessarily sexual affection, but like just emotional bond. Yeah. Uh, in the latter half, Riley Keough's I don't know how to say her name. Kid is played by the director's kid. Hmm. I didn't know that. Yeah, that that's the, the other thing is she's Q&A. always like she's at the wedding with her kids. Right, she yeah. has to like always figure out like who to leave her with, and it's like a whole thing. And doesn't seem like she's having a super great time, <laughs> but it's like she wants to be there for her friend. But yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, looking up uh, a list, I wanted to just point out uh, a couple films. One, uh, the Wedding Singer. Oh yeah, sure. yeah. Which features uh, a few weddings, and I think a very. Uh, there's not a lot I like about that movie, but I do recall enjoying Steve Buscemi's best man toast, right? Uh, in yeah. that, uh, and then um, it's stupid. Like I, I haven't seen like the newer Adam Sandler movies. Does Steve Buscemi still have a role? Like, is he in the Ridiculous Six or whatever? I think he might. Is he be. in Saint I don't Wexler? know about that one, but he's in the new one coming out. Okay, hmm. and I know that like. Was he just replaced with John Turturro? Because, like, John Turturro <laughs> is in Ridiculous Six. That's right. Oh. Yeah, because I guess, yeah, like, Steve Buscemi was in Big Daddy was maybe the last one I remember. But then the okay. next, like, um, uh, Mr. Deeds had John Turturro. Right. As, like, the butler with, like, a dead foot or something? Yeah. yeah. I think Buscemi was also in Mr. Deeds. Was he? Okay. A smaller role, but okay. I'm pretty sure. That's uh, weird. That was, that was not a good movie. Speaking of also um, not good movies... <laughs> uh, a film, David, I know you do not care for, but it's uh, weddings play a big part of it. In and Out with Kevin Klein. I thought you said you, I thought you really didn't care for it. I don't think I even remember it that well. Okay. Maybe I used to not care for it, and now I don't remember it as well. <laughs> That's probably a good thing, that you're forgetting the stuff you don't care for. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a, it, I think it's a perfectly fine movie. Uh, Joan Cusack, is, I think it's a big, broad performance, but in a way that, it's specific because it's Joan Cusack being big and broad. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
but yeah, it's uh, it's everything is leading up to this wedding, and then the character is uh, Kevin Klein's character is gay and didn't seem to know it, but other people knew it, and then he decides I can't do I can't go through this through with this, and then you know it it leaves uh, Joan Cusack just in a wedding dress, just walking around being angry. And I think there's a, there's a really nice moment where, uh, where she's sitting at a bar in her wedding dress, like drinking. And then Tom Selleck is there. And, uh, and he's like, he goes, oh, I'm, I, I, I'm having a rough day. And she's, and he knows what happens. So she goes, uh, excuse me. And, and he goes, yeah, you win. It's a, it's a nice subtle moment from him as well. It's, I don't necessarily love that movie, but I like her a lot in it. And, I think I, I don't know. I just, when I think of like uh, like iconography of a wedding, just the idea of that big wedding dress, like mm-hmm. out of out of that situation, like her in a bar in a wedding dress, like hey, that's like instant. Maybe not laugh out loud comedy, but it's right. it's so incongruous. It's a that, short like, story. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, another obvious one that we missed is the birdcage. Oh, oh indeed, yes, yes, yes. Uh, which is not necessarily a movie I love, um, but I do think it gets at the way that you have, I mean, very literally you have to pretend to be someone else when you're meeting someone else's family for the first time. Um, even though it takes that to a very ridiculous comedic end, I think that's a common kernel to start with. And I think that's why it works for so many people. I told my I, sister not to swear in front of your family. See, exactly. Sort of oh, really? And you did like an Irish accent, Scott. It yeah. Was really yeah. Weird. It was very weird. There was no reason to do that in front of a Jewish family. You yeah. <laughs> just, uh, just panicked. <laughs> I do love the birdcage. I was literally just thinking about it today when uh, Rob Williams is trying to teach Nathan Lane how to talk about sports. And he's like, oh, yeah. how do you feel about that blown call in the football game? How do you think I feel? Betrayed? <laughs> um, another one, if we've entered the lightning round phase. Of the yeah, yeah. yeah. We're, um, we're, we've crossed the one hour marks and now it's just time. Lightning to, round. All right. Yeah. Um, I love you, man. I feel yeah. like yeah. is like, it's not a masterpiece, but I think it's actually like pretty good. It, it is. Has, it's really good. good yeah. It has my um, my boyfriend Paul Rudd in it, and it's also like not. Scott, not did you know about this? He does. It's fine. <laughs> okay. Um, not to be like there aren't enough movies that approach things from a male perspective, but like <laughs> a lot of wedding movies are from the female perspective, and it's actually it's refreshing to see a movie about weddings from a male perspective, where the guy doesn't view it as like a foreign terrible thing he just has to deal with like yeah. he's very into it he loves his future wife he's excited well, for the, the whole wedding problem is that he's too into it yeah, yeah. but it, it's just like you know there's so many movies where it's like the dumb groom right. just like yeah. doesn't know what's going on and doesn't care what the centerpieces look like and right. is just kind of like like the wedding singer a little hostile yeah. about the whole thing yeah but like you know to tell a wedding related story where you have a guy who isn't like that is like refreshing yeah, for sure. And yeah. it gets at like the way that men I think should and have to find some kind of foothold in the wedding. Yeah. And again, takes that to like a ridiculous comedic extreme where he has no friends who he can enjoy the day with. Um, but it ends up very touching. Yeah. 
I had made a very conscious uh, decision uh, during our wedding planning. Like, I am not going to be that guy. And I think I probably wound up being kind of a hassle. Because, <laughs> like, Jen, like, Jen and her mom. Tyler, were, all right. What are your thoughts on the centerpieces? <laughs> like, more flowers. <laughs> I want to not be able to see the person that I'm sitting across from. Uh, mostly because it's my dumb in-laws. I'm joking, of course. Barbara, I love you. Um, but... Uh, but yeah, and then that's the thing is like so much, so many like wedding movies from a male perspective, if they're not, if they're not supporting characters, then it's about the bachelor party, like, right. and, and including the film bachelor party starring yes. Tom, Tom Cruise. Hanks. <laughs> Tom Hanks. Hmm? What? What's up? Never mind. I think I know who's in bachelor yeah. party. Thank you. Okay. Sure. Tom Selleck. <laughs> absolutely. Like in, in and out, which yes. is kind of a spiritual sequel. Yes. <laughs> Um, also, shout out to the ending of The 40-Year-Old Virgin for turning into a musical yes, number. sure. <laughs> Can't say I saw that coming. <laughs> such a ridiculous musical number. So cool, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? I've been saying for so long that Knocked Up was my favorite Judd Apatow film, but I think... Oh, 40-Year-Old Virgin's so much better. reminded me of the musical oh, <laughs> number. Yeah. I think maybe 40-Year-Old Virgin. Because it's just so unexpected. You're like, well, all right, the yeah. wedding's over. I think we're done here. Oh, oh no. Oh, there's more. <laughs> yeah. And it's Age of Aquarius. It is Age of Aquarius, which doesn't really make any sense, (laughs) but I think emotionally is appropriate. Yeah. Yeah. It's probably the only successful use of the dance party ending. Hmm. That's a good... Mm. Yeah. Hang on That's a spinoff episode right there. (laughs) That actually is a spinoff episode. All right. Maybe not next week, but soon. And for the rest of our lives. Well, how many live action? I was going to say it's mostly party? animated movies that go with the dance party ending. Yeah, and it is usually pretty annoying. Yeah, there. What was the uh, Fantastic Mr. Fox though? Well, that's true. That's a good dance party. Yeah. Ending. There you go. Good the one. end of Saving Christmas. <laughs> sure. The Kirk okay. Cameron you film. Say so. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Deeply uh, off-putting. Okay, I felt like um, I was going to say something, but I forgot. What okay, it was. sorry. One more I have is uh, conversations with other women. Yeah, I which love I don't that remember movie. anything about except that it was good. Hmm. It, well, they're like the guests at a wedding. Yeah, no, I remember like the premise. So yeah. It's uh, Aaron Eckhart and Helena Bonham Carter, and they're guests at a wedding that like don't really know anyone else, or they do, or right. Yeah, and they basically it's kind of like if you took Before Sunrise and put it at a wedding, they just kind but of they talk actually and... know each other. Oh, is that <laughs> okay? Cool. Yeah, For, they had like a whole past together. Oh right. Oh, but that's like maybe revealed. Right. That is revealed. Okay. Mm, it's right. very well written, and it, yeah. the big gimmick is that it's shot with. In split screen for the entire movie. Right. Oh. Um, when did this week? Two thousand six. Oh, trouble in, <laughs> trouble in paradise. <laughs> I think it's listed two thousand five, but it might have come out in two thousand six. Okay. I can't remember exactly. I know I saw it in Boston. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, it's a really good movie, and it's one of those completely forgotten now. And understandably, it's not like going to blow anybody's minds, but it's really well written and really well acted. And the gimmick, I think, is more than a gimmick. I think it yeah. really becomes quite captivating. Yeah. I'm kind of sad that Aaron Eckhart couldn't have a better career. I know. He's like really great. He was always, I feel like probably was the height of his career as far as like visibility. Was it thank you for smoking? I mean, the darkness. I was going to say, I guess there's that, but like 
He's not, I, I think, is a leading As man. A, right. Yeah, yeah, probably. That, and then uh, he was in the remake of No Reservations, right? Yeah. Sure. He just was like, he just... He, yeah, there's a string of movies after Thank You for Smoking. Yeah. Where it was like that, and like, Love Happens. Yeah. <laughs> all these bad... One. But like, even in the bad movies, he's good. And like, he came into my office one time and was really nice, and I just want good things <laughs> yeah. for him. Well, and I really like conversations with other women that Helena Bonham Carter just plays like a regular woman. <laughs> Her hair is still crazy. Well, yeah, but she can't yeah. help that, but... Um, so no, she can, but... <laughs> just a little backstory. Conversations with Other Women premiered at the 2005 Telluride Film Festival, but did not open theatrically in uh, in any country. In France in June of 2006. Okay. And in the US, Canada and the U.S. in August of 2006. Who directed it again? Uh, his name is Hans Kanoa. Hmm. Oh, Canosa, okay. Hans Canosa. He's only made one film since then. The uh, similarly wordily titled <laughs> Memoirs of a Teenage Amnesiac. Oh, boy. Wow. This guy's got a lot going on. Lots to unpack there. All right. Any other questions about Hans Canosa? <laughs> his storied <laughs> career. His press conference yeah. will conclude. It'd be I mean, funny if he had like four upcoming projects. <laughs> like he just does two movies and then. Okay, sorry. What do we got? What else we got? Um, I think that's maybe it for projects. I did want to mention from one of my notes. Um, so in college, I had the privilege of taking a class on sex comedy movies, mm. which was great. It was maybe my favorite class of college. But I think the full title was like The American Sex Comedy 1950 to Present or something like that. And something we talked about, because we started it a little before 1950, which will make you view old movies in a different light perhaps, is that when people got married in old particularly like screwball comedies, they were literally getting married, but the marriage was standing in for sex. Hmm. So when the production code was implemented, obviously they had all these new censorship rules about the way they had to depict things. So normally these movies would be like a seduction arc where someone, usually the man, is trying to you know win someone over and have sex with them. So when this censorship was implemented, they're like, okay, we'll just change that to marriage. So if you watch something like It Happened One Night, which is mm-hmm. one of the first movies made right. after the code, yeah. the ending of that movie is not, I'm so excited to build a life with you <laughs> and have kids. It's, oh, hallelujah, we get to have sex. <laughs> walls of Jericho, the walls come, of tumbling Jericho down. come tumbling down. And it's like, when we were studying that in my class, I'm like, oh my God, that's so true. And it's like, if you just kind of mentally replace like them getting married or someone proposing with like, let's have sex. Like that's really what it is. Um, sometimes the woman is the aggressor, like in my man, Godfrey, it does happen. Um, but kind of from the thirties through the fifties, that's why a lot of times it's just a shot of them coming out of city hall. Cause it doesn't matter. <laughs> that's not what the arc is. It's not right. a romantic arc. It's an arc of seduction. Um, so that was just something that was interesting to me about old movies. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. All right. Great. Um, I was going to say something about all that, but I, uh, my, my mind's, I'm already in Mexico. <laughs> That's right. We haven't mentioned yet in this episode, but yeah, I'm leaving for Mexico in the morning. So going to Cabo Wabo, Mexico, <laughs> Cabo Wabo Cantina. That's what I call Me- I call it Mexico. I'm actually going to Hollywood Highland to San Diego. It's Cabo Wabo Cantina. And some it's sweet, such an immersive experience. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it really is. You just feel like you're there. <laughs> all right. Well, thanks, uh, for coming and talking movies. Yeah. yeah. Uh, with this. this was a lot of fun. I'm sure we'll, uh, soon we'll have you back to talk honeymoon movies. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, Is that a Vegas. thing? I was going to say, yeah. Um, Not that many movies. Uh, yeah. Well, our honeymoon's um, in June, so we have that long to think of some. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Wait, what's the, um, uh, what's the Charles Grodin one? Um, 
The Heartbreak Kid? The Heartbreak Kid. That's oh. a honeymoon movie, right? There you go. I don't know. <laughs> Is right. it? Oh, uh, there's a honeymooning couple in uh, Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Okay. That's La- right. Yeah. Lot of Lunt. Yeah, that's really about. Yeah. All right. Spin-off so episode. Enough, yeah, that's <laughs> spoilers for our honeymoon episode, which we'll call Honey Movies. Uh, <laughs> now we can't do it. No, um, we're busy for the rest of the year. All right, you can find uh, us at battleshipretention.com, uh, most of us uh, at battleshipretention.com, uh, if not all of us on occasion. Um, you can email uh, me and Tyler at David at BattleshipRetention.com or Tyler at BattleshipRetention.com. You can follow me, David, on Twitter at Davey Pretension. You can follow Tyler on Twitter at Tyler Pretension. Um, More Than One Lesson is back, I hear. It is back, yes. Yeah, um, the discussion of A Wrinkle in Time. A Wrinkle in Time. It's just me by myself, uh, and then it's it probably won't be a weekly podcast yet. It'll probably be two or three times a month, but I'll do what I can. All right. Uh, where can we find you guys, Scott and Julie? Uh, at BattleshipRetention.com, where I've uh, just reviewed uh, Ishmael's Ghost, the thoroughly strange Ishmael's Ghost. It's not up yet, David. It's gone up <laughs> by the time the listeners have heard this. Okay. <laughs> I like that you call me literally like, oh, that wasn't up when I left. <laughs> so, so I'm posting it when I get home. Okay. Don't you worry. Uh, and writing about uh, various subjects relating to Ingmar Bergman as it's his centenary, and he's very much in the air. And at CriterionCast.com, where we will be shortly talking about the Umbrellas of Shoreberg, also a very good, uh, not really wedding but relationship movie um yeah that's all i think that's all i got i'm not really on social media i'm the anonymous editor of the american cinematext blog oh yeah i just posted something there oh yeah you did (laughs) i edited it i wrote about the wonderful stop motion film uh tale of the fox from 1937 yes so that is american com. yep um also, if you have any entertainment data needs, um, <laughs> check out Variety Insight. Um, we describe it as IMDb on steroids. It has a lot of great information on films and production. If you're trying to, you know, make a career in anything relating to the film industry, um, call us up. Tell them Julie sent you. All right. Well, thanks uh, again for joining us. Yeah. Congratulations. Thank you. On your nuptials. <laughs> Uh, thank you at home for listening. Congratulations on your nuptials if they <laughs> exist. And thanks for listening. We'll get you next time. Bye. Bye. This program is a proud member of the Battleship Pretension Fleet. 